Welcome to the Exceptional Marriage Podcast with Chelsea and Beth Holm. We are going to be guiding you through basically sharing stories of our marriage, different things we've learned along the way, and how we've really taken concepts of marriage that everyone knows and been able to apply practical daily intentional action so that it, it comes to life in our everyday. So we're glad you're here and we can't wait to get started. So this week on the episode, we're talking about brokenness. And so I just wanted to start by asking you, do you know what it means when I say brokenness in your marriage? Because there was a lot of discussion this week and a lot of people didn't really, I wouldn't say comprehend it, but I think it's a new concept to think of brokenness in your marriage in the sense of, I guess, kind of a starting point to move from there, a foundation what do you think? Well, I think also uh, there's a misconception with the word brokenness. I mean, uh, we oftentimes think, especially in, when we consider brokenness in reference to relationships, that things are just a complete and utter disaster. Um, you're, you already filed for divorce. You, you're separated, and it's just, you know, a past a point of no return. When really to this week's topic is not necessarily in regards to a complete and utter brokenness. Um, I think it, it speaks to the brokenness on an individual level. Um, and it really just starts with that personal evaluation of yourself mm-hmm. and how you're contributing or negatively impacting your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that a lot of times we have this misconception that we're coming to the marriage table as everything's going to be perfect, you know, there's nothing wrong with either of us, and then you quickly find that people leave socks on the floor next to the hamper and couch, and uh, other people can't sit down (laughs) from doing things right. So it's just having this um, understanding of coming to the table as two separate broken people coming together. And, and it, it really lays a framework or a foundation for grace because you already know that neither one of you are perfect and that you're both bringing difficulties into the marriage and you're both bringing past experiences into the marriage. You know, you're bringing, you know, ideas and um, especially like what is love? How do you show love? How do you receive love? think so many different things and it just gives you a more realistic view and expectation so that it's just like having this realness right having a realness with each other having a realness with the fact that things are not going to be perfect um and and I think too often things end up in the broken like Zach was talking about was because you know people have this unrealistic expectation of what marriage is going to be and it's hard you know, <laughs> and I th- and I think if you remember last week when we talked about uh, love, and mm-hmm. uh, I know Chelsea and I both talked about the three different types of love that you go through throughout your your relationship, and what we're really talking about is after that emotional infatuation or high point of that new love wears off, uh, our brokenness shines through, and that's mm-hmm. where you know we enter that disappointed love phase where we f- start to realize that. This, awakening, th- yeah, it's, right? this is not the happy ending of a Disney movie. 
uh, for the end of time with absolutely no interruptions. So, or even a Jane Austen novel that always stops at the wedding day. Right, but I do want to go back to one phrase you said of yeah. going to going to be broken. You know, so we're not even really looking towards the future. Uh, we talked about that last week about how you know it's cyclical. Not that there's a duration of time or an absolute, but it just is the nature of a relationship. Uh, but also, it's just realizing in the moment. So uh, this week, we're really trying to cause you to reflect and do that honest assessment of yourself and see what even just your historical relationships or certain mm-hmm. tendencies that you have. I know Chelsea and I, when we talk about um, certain things and, and behaviors that we bring in, some of those things are only thoughts. Some of those are behaviors. Some of those are words. Um, and that could be something that is learned and observed throughout your lifetime about how you deal with a disagreement, you know, um, or how you solve a disagreement can be completely different dynamics for two different people. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, one of the biggest discussions we had this week in group was really about what is sin, right? Because we all, we, we have this human concept of like big sins and little sins, but all sin separates us from God. Right. But we tend to think things like, you know, just I, I was resentful or I was selfish, like selfishness, pridefulness, laziness, being controlling, critical. We, Zach and I had a great discussion on the way home about this. I wish we would have been recording then. But, <laughs> you know, it was just about sin. And our brokenness is our sin. It's our our bent to be selfish at all times. Like, our natural state is selfishness. It's not to serve someone, especially our spouse, right? It's to serve our own interests. It's, uh, you know, and it's sin. It separates us from God, and it separates us from each other. Right. And one of the things, I kind of smirked when you were talking because you were talking about, like, how we as humans try to quantify Mm -hmm. the significance of one sinner over the other. And just a, a simple example I was going through my mind is we've all been a kid uh, at some point and, you know, m- your mom or dad or, or someone in authority asks you to share a dessert with your sibling. And, you know, there might be, let's say it's a candy bar and you have a butter knife and you're going to cut your dessert and, and you cut it as best you can in half. But you realize that, you know, one of those is just a little bigger than the other one. Almost every single one of us has been in the point where we're like, oh, well, this is my half, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something as simple as that in our marriage, whether it's our tone, uh, how we contribute to deciding what we're going to do for p- family plans or how we're going to spend our time. You know, that small element of selfishness can exist, which degrades relationships. And also, uh, when you're putting yourself first and not thinking of other people, uh, e- not necessarily on the smallest of scales, but things build and continue to get worse and worse. Um, and, and it forms a, an unhealthy habit of selfishness, which can lead to s- several other different ways in which you're not perfectly loving your spouse. So um, kind of bringing things back to our brokenness is really taking some, some time. It, and it does take some diligent time. It's not something uh, that you just, within a second, tell me how, how you're negatively impacting your relationship mm-hmm. with your spouse. Okay, give me an answer. Uh, but if you were really to ponder some things, and uh, this past week we t- took t- the time to do that, about uh, perhaps different way that we're, we're either being resentful, selfish, prideful, um, and kind of manipulating things within our marriage to suit our selfish needs. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, that, that's sinful and not loving our spouse 
in the way that God intended us to. Yeah. I was thinking when you were talking about the dessert metaphor, like you physically see the fact that they're two different sizes, right? Yeah. But what you don't see is the internal. How about if you you have someone who says, oh, well, of course I'm going to give you the bigger piece. But inside, you're, you have that feeling of pride of like, well. Look at how humble Look at how I humble am. I am. <laughs> exactly. And I think that that's the piece of the brokenness and the sin nature and, you know, the things that we're doing to manipulate each other that people don't like to identify and claim and call it out as sin, which is what is separating us, you know? Like, is being lazy a sin, right? Like, I think a lot of people, or is being controlling of my spouse a sin or being critical of my spouse, are those sins? I think, based on our discussion, I think that it is. Because we were talking about um, righteousness and holiness. The difference between those two, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, holy is perfect. And a person can be righteous, but that doesn't mean they're perfect. Because nobody's perfect. But I know you used the example of Noah. Yes, so I was reflecting back to uh, the way that God spoke about Noah and why he selected him to essentially build this huge ark and, you know, place, you know, kinds of animals in it to essentially save humanity from their evil wickedness. Like, God said Noah is a righteous man, but we all know Noah wasn't perfect. So that was just a small cyber conversation we were having uh, on the way home after this. You know, we were talking about brokenness, right? Mm. Now... I think the, the long-term end conclusion, and I'm not jumping to the end by any means, but we, we need to acknowledge our faults holistically and um, try to con- you know minimize those things and catch ourselves when we see some of these natural, what we would say as a seemingly mm-hmm. small thing, and catch ourselves in it and, and try to avoid behaving that way, thinking that way out of obedience to God and and out of servitude to our spouse. Yeah, and I think that that's what we really came to the conclusion of, is it's having this awareness of the things that we're doing, what we're thinking, how we're speaking. Um, And one question that was phrased in our group discussion that I really liked was, is this a loving thing to do here? And, um, you know, because we are very quick to justify what we're doing. Right, like it's fine for me to do it, you know. It's not okay when someone else does it. You right. use the example of driving, right? Like mm-hmm. if we're driving aggressively, if we cut someone off, we're like, oh, well, it's because you know they were being a dumb driver. But when someone cuts us off, you know, it's because whatever. Like we we just we're very quick to justify. And so I love that question of is this a loving thing to do here? Because we only we know our hearts, right? Mostly, <laughs> and if we're practicing awareness. And uh, I think that, that that was probably my biggest takeaway was just having the awareness to examine why I do what I do when it comes to my spouse, you know, because only I know if I am asking him to do something out of selfishness or laziness or if I truly need help, right? Because it's not laziness if you truly need help or even if you just you're at your emotional capacity and you need help with something you know, that you're fully capable of, but you need help, you know, versus I just really don't want to do this right now. So I know that my husband is very serving. So if I ask him, he'll do it. You know, like there's a difference there in in the way our heart is directed. 
Um, but there were a couple of things from our big group discussion that I really liked. It was talking about what it looks like daily to have this awareness of the brokenness inside us and what we need to do in order to, I guess, overcome it or you know have more awareness. Um, but asking Jesus to be our leader daily, admitting we're wrong, recognizing our own shortcomings, dying to our selfish attitudes, identifying our selfish attitudes, and then growing out of them, which just like Zach said, this is like a lifelong process. And just like negative things can build on each other and lead to disaster, good things can build on each other and move you in the direction you want to go. But again, our default is not to be intentional with our actions. Our default is brokenness <laughs> right our default is to be lazy to be selfish um, to think about our own comfort and not how we can serve our spouse or if the thing we're doing is a loving thing right and if you ever doubt that our natural tendencies are that <laughs> put two toddlers in a room with one toy and see how that goes um, it'll very clearly show you what our natural tendencies are. For Pete's sakes, put two adults in a room yeah, with yeah. one phone charger. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, but no, it, it does go to show that, like, um, even though, even in a secular mindset, you know, we teach ourselves to think of other people mm-hmm. and be kind and be loving, that that's that's still a practice, a practice. To, to be better Right, mm-hmm. and not necessarily a natural action mm-hmm. or activity or mindset to have. So, um, one b- biblical verse that would, you know really correlated to what we were talking about this week was uh, when you know, Matthew chapter seven, and it talks about taking the speck that's in your uh, brother's eye out without acknowledging the log that's sticking out of your eye. Um, and we really kind of wrestled with this for a while because sometimes. I shouldn't even say sometimes. Almost every time, if you and your your spouse are in a in a disagreement, mm-hmm. like somebody's probably more wrong or more right than the other person, mm-hmm. but everyone within that disagreement or fight shares some of the responsibility. Um, and our call to action this week is: well, you could sit and nitpick about the the small thing, maybe small thing or big thing that your partner did that's causing this point of friction. Or you could say, you know what, I contributed to this also. Mm -hmm. And who's the person you can change? Mm -hmm. Or even if, yeah, even if technically you didn't contribute, like say it's something that really is your spouse's sin that they're wrestling with. Even if you didn't necessarily contribute to that problem, you still can't change your spouse. Yeah. You can only change yourself. And most of that change is heart work by surrendering to Jesus every day and asking him to be your guide, right? Like, I can't fix my spouse. I can hardly fix myself, but I darn well am going to have much more fruit if I focus on fixing myself and my attitude and surrendering to the Lord. Right. And earlier what you had said about, is this a loving thing to do? Mm -hmm. Well, we also have responses that we could have towards our spouse when they do do wrong. But when they make a mistake um, or they hurt you in some way, your response is also a way in which it could be loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that doesn't mean that you blindly, you know, just let them walk all over you. That's mm-hmm. that's not what I'm getting after here. 
However, even after they have a repentant heart, the way you respond and support and encourage them in moving forward and moving your relationship forward together towards that Christ-centered, mm-hmm. you know, perfect relationship that we aspire to constantly, but, you know, have bumps along the road. But the way in which you enable your spouse to get back on the right track mm-hmm. um, is really says something. So It yeah. does. It does. And I, I like that you mentioned that, that, you know, a lot of times we focus on, I guess, the things that we're doing in our marriage, right? But it's not just a blind letting our spouses do whatever the heck they want. Like, if we see sin in their life, you know, there is a loving way and a firm way to approach and not stay quiet because it's just as bad to stay quiet if you're seeing something dangerous or potentially detrimental that maybe you can see farther down the road than your spouse can and you're seeing disaster looming and maybe your spouse doesn't see that yet. It's, you know, it's, it's just as powerful to not remain quiet, right? right? So, all right. Well, what any, any last thoughts before we hop off here? Um, no, just I, I always like recapping at the end because yeah. sometimes we can get on cha- tangents. We're humans, <laughs> um, you know. But I, I think the biggest thing from this week is even though the topic is brokenness, it's not to um, make an excuse of, well, I'm broken, no big mm-hmm. deal, right? It's uh, first to just do that honest assessment and realize mm-hmm. that when you bring two people who are imperfect together, you have to continue to work past your brokenness, acknowledge it, and uh, work on yourself and uh, also be encouraging to your spouse because it's really the only way that you're, you're going to both move forward. Mm-hmm. So if I were to put the lesson in a nutshell. Tie a bow around that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that you nailed it right there. You really did. So, all right. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Exceptional Marriage Podcast. Make sure that you guys leave us a five-star review and any thoughts that you had from this week's episode. Um, We'd love to hear your questions too. If there's something that's really weighing on your heart, leave those in the comments. We would love to be able to answer those and bring those up um, in upcoming podcasts. Until then.